Welcome all. Welcome back to another episode of the wonderful Arsenio ZSL podcast, man. I'm so grateful to be back as always. And today is going to be a phenomenal breakdown, people. Today is about the cultural sensitivity checklist. All right. And so remember, in the previous podcast, I was on fire. I gave you all the different things. And as a matter of fact, on my Facebook memories, what had popped up was when I got my um my badge working at the Royal Children's Hospital, the dental hospital out there in Melbourne, Australia. And, you know, when I was giving you that whole spiel of the last podcast in regards to the things that we have to overcome when there are mergers and just different ethnicities, nationalities, creeds, colors, religions, whatever you want to call it. When we deal with them, it's very, very difficult, right? But it's all about being more present about some of the things and figuring out, okay, exactly. Am I sensitive and am I culturally aware of other people's cultures? Because sometimes we like to impose our own too much on other people. Have you ever heard the whole phrase that, well, we don't do it like that here. Well, we don't live, you know, in America, we don't do that. And over here, we don't do that. I remember I saw myself doing that and saying that very, very often. When I lived in Australia, I'm like, man, I miss America because we're like this. We're like that. We're like this. We're like that. Just completely lacking adaptation to my environment. It wasn't until I realized that the universe and everything was within me. And I'm going to act in a particular way, respecting the environment around me. Whereas I could just say, eh, regardless of this and regardless of that and all these other things, I'm going to be culturally aware of the culture here, obviously, but also bring in some norms and stuff that I do find valuable. So here we go. Number one, do you understand your own culture, right? And so again, what you need to do is understand in your own culture, that way you can suspend judgment of other cultures. And we do have a tendency of judging other cultures. Now, again, there are things that I completely disagree with, like uh, women not being able to drive cars. I completely disagree with that. Women being uh, not being able to have a job. I completely disagree with that. That's a 5,000 year old way of thinking. Now, there are things that I disagree with uh, in terms of humanity. Okay, because taking away people's humanity is, I just think, unbelievably ignorant, and that's just world low. However, again, suspended judgment, like saying, okay, well, these people do this on this particular day, but guess what? I can't judge them because I have no authority to, and, you know, it's just my opinion, my preference. It's kind of like when someone says, I like chocolate cake, but ew, I don't like chocolate cake. I like vanilla cake. It's kind of like, you know, you're a child and you're saying, well, because I like this and you like this, I don't like you. No, 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 you need to grow the, you need to grow, lack of a better term, the fuck up. You cannot change anyone and you cannot force someone to do something that, or believe in something that you believe in. Okay. So again, suspending judgment, right? Gotta be able to respect those differences, and resist the temptation to make converts, okay? This is kind of like going back to the guy in the previous video, right? He's like, oh, well, we do this. We should come out. He's like, you know what? No, I'm just going to stay home. See, you can't pressure someone and convert them 
almost immediately. So I think the guy who obviously introduced himself and said, hey, we normally do this. We come back a little bit later, this or that. You're trying to convert someone to do something on their first date that they're not very, that, you know, necessarily comfortable with. So being able to, you know, take yourself out of that ego and say, you know what, you're right. I'm not going to do this. Okay. I'm going to take a step back because he probably comes from a different area and I need to be more culturally sensitive to how he, you know, brings himself to work and the discipline that he has, right? Using language sensitively, okay? And by saying that, I would say like, this guy, he's like, oh, you're gonna have a very difficult time, you know, uh, fitting around around here. Uh, see, that is just unacceptable. Just because, and I, I don't understand, like in your first conversation, how can you pressure someone to do something that he's probably unaware of based on what the merger is, or even if you get another, oh man, you know what? Let me, let me give you something very, very specific. I had the pleasure of being around probably only one, maybe good two amazing teachers when I worked in uh, Bangkok, probably, not Bangkok, Rangsit, the horrible place that I just do not like. And I'm not suspended judgment whatsoever. But there was a African-American teacher from Atlanta. He was a legitimate teacher. By saying that, I mean, well, he actually has a degree in education and taught in Atlanta schools versus the sex and wife tourists that come out here and they have a job based on the color of their skin. That's just how it is in Thailand, right? Well, not Thailand, but the majority of Asia. We talk about Japan, Korea, China. Let's be honest. On a number of occasions, anytime someone of color applies for a job, they say, no, you can't have a job because you'll scare the kids and the parents don't like black people. We've heard this all too often, right? This is what's been happening across the continent of Asia for quite some time, whether it's Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, especially Singapore, going up to the Eastern Asian giants like Japan, China, and Korea. This is how it is, right? So when I was around him, I saw how he carried himself. And again, the Brits who aren't necessarily teachers, they get jobs based off the color of their skin being out here in Thailand. They kind of push an agenda, push a marginalization, meaning, oh, well, he's black, he's this. And they try making jokes with him. And, you know, he's like, hey, how you doing? And this African-American, he never chimed in on conversations whatsoever. Conversations, like we're talking just, he was a small talk type of person. He was the most extraordinary, okay, teacher that we had at that language center at the time. And I love it because he set the bar and the standard for himself very high. I remember there was a corporate job and again, another uh, Asian American, um, Tong was his name. He's the one that invited him to teach at the language center. And what I love so much about Tong was like, hey, listen, there's a corporate job. They pay this amount an hour. He's like, to be honest with you, uh, I don't really accept that, you know, like uh, I don't go anything less than this particular thing. Me to myself, I'm like, damn, okay, so he's working here. He didn't even want to take the job because obviously it's too less considering that he taught in Atlanta schools. He deserves to have a salary way over 5,000 USD a month. No, that, that's with no equivocations, right? And so going back, 
to him saying that, I'm like, uh, you need to set the bar a little bit low because considering that this is 2016, considering the height of racism is still at its peak towards people of color in this country, on this continent, you need to keep it like you need to, you need to accept whatever you get. But now that I look back at it, I said, I should have set a high bar at that time too. Because now, to be honest with you, I'm like, I say to myself, I said, uh, I'm sorry, you want me to do that for what? Nah, I'm good. That's a waste of time. That is a waste of time. And it's because, well, you know, it just doesn't make sense financially for me to go down there and waste the X amount of time. Now, when I look at bigger picture things, such as getting a couple of hotel clients uh, in the heart of Bangkok, and although being paid out the gates relatively little, considering that I have to take probably three modes of transportation to get there. I'm looking at the big picture of who these two individuals are even before I meet them. And to then look at it and say, oh my God, these are two executives at a hotel. Hey, Arsenio, you know, we love you so much, man. We would love you to teach the staff here. See what I mean? I look at bigger picture. So yeah, it's all about setting that high standard. So being objective and positive, like the African-American teacher, Hey, how you doing today? Hey, fantastic. How you doing? Likewise, likewise. He always kept things very cordial amongst the teachers. Even if those old heads, the old head Brits, over the over 50s, would bitch their, their asses off about apparently, quote unquote, and I'm quoting, how stupid their kid, you know, their students are. Oh, man, he just wanted no part of that. He kept an extremely low profile. Then he ended up disappearing, obviously, because, dude, if you have, again, a BA in English, you do not deserve the salary. Now that I look at it, looking back six years ago, hell, I didn't even deserve that salary I was getting. So then now me having online clients and having business clients in Bangkok and et cetera, et cetera, now I know what my worth is. So again, cultural sensitivity checklist. That was a little bit off the beaten path, but now you understand exactly. So have you ever experienced similar situations such as the previous podcast? For example, if you were working abroad, or have you ever worked with different nationalities? How are you able to adapt? And so remember, I told you about the Egyptian. That was just one, right? I met two of the most extraordinary individual Egyptians. Ever. Actually, I got an Egyptian friend. She's a voiceover. Uh, she does voiceover work for Amazon. She lives out there in Cairo. A magnificent soul. Love her to death. And nonetheless, regardless of nationalities or whatnot, you know, I have to be very aware. Oh, man. Okay. My dentist, he's from Iran. Okay. All right. This dentist. Okay. I have a dental assistant from Afghanistan. Okay. All right. This person's from Sri Lanka. All right. We have India over here. We have the Faroe Islands. Uh, we have, um, oh my God, what is it? Uh, New Caledonian, a number of different nationalities. And so I always, you know, they, they might not always be very open like I am. Maybe they're just very work strict related, like such as working with the Kiwis. We're talking about people from New Zealand. You know, uh, there were Aussies that would love to strike up a conversation. There were Southeast Asians from Malaysia and Singapore who were just extraordinary. There was a dentist who left me in stitches. That's a British saying, meaning he made me laugh so much I was crying all down my face. And this guy was... Um, I can't know. He must have been living in Australia for quite some time, him being a dentist, but he was from the Middle East, you know? And so 
it just all depends. But again, being culturally aware, there was a uh, a Korean dentist. She was beautiful. And a Malaysian dentist, beautiful. 10 years ago, who I worked it with. And I was, cult- and, you know, I had to be religiously aware because I remember we were having a conversation. She stopped while we were having a conversation. She turned around. She said, Jesus loves you. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I'm just like, okay, I don't know what's going on here, but respect. That's the number one thing. I respect everyone and their belief whatsoever. Just don't go around killing and blowing people up. That's all I give a damn about. So her, although she said, Jesus, love, I'm not going to stay. I'm not going to go back and say, well, I'm not very religious. No, 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 no. I would never say that. Got to be religiously and culturally aware. People, people have their own beliefs and the different things that they follow. And you respect that. That's a beautiful thing. So the guy that he did it on the video, just, you know, the, you know, the last time we were on, uh, what is it? The last podcast I did in regards to this, he didn't respect the guy from the East African operations. And so now, guess what? In this video, yes, we're going to be listening to another video. We're going to hear, we're going to hear them come back to grips with one another and speak in regards to what had happened previously. So here we go, people. Let's dive in. Originally said the 18th, didn't we? I'm sure it can move. Just hold on for me. Take a seat, Jack. I'll be with you in a minute. Sorry about that. Okay. Yeah. Just give me their number again, will you? Yeah. Okay, well, look, I'll give them a call and get back to you. You're welcome. Bye. Sorry about that, Jack. What can I do for you? Look, Ed, I want to apologize. I was a bit stressed out the other day. And yeah, we got off on the wrong foot, didn't we? Look, I think I'm to blame as well. We like to wind each other up around here, and I should have realised that things might be different at GWA. Yeah, I suppose we both overreacted. Anyway, what about that coffee you suggested? Sure. Well, don't you guys take your coffee break at 11? Usually, yes. We find it's a good way to keep up to date with what's going on. A bit like your Friday lunches. Right. <laughs> but... Since we're going to be working together, and my manager's in a meeting with your CEO, I think I can risk taking an extra break. <laughs> when the cat's away, eh? Come on, let's go. When the cat's away. I like that little saying, although it's a little bit of a British saying. So here we go. They are going go. off to Cheers. a coffee break. Oh. So no tie today, then. No, I thought I'd better try and blend in with the locals. <laughs> Actually, it wouldn't do us any harm to take a leaf out of your book. We had a Bolivian minister in a few weeks ago. She was shocked when she saw us all. <laughs> you going to join us for lunch on Friday? Well, look, I'd love to, but I do need to be back for two o'clock. Oh, that's a pity. Still, if it can't be helped. The thing is, we try to start and finish early, you know, beat the rush hour. I've noticed that Blue Rock people tend to work late. Yeah. And your guys are always hard at work when we drag ourselves in in the morning. But basically, as long as the job gets done, it doesn't matter when we do it, does it? Exactly. I mean, after all, we're all in this together. But, you know, I think it would be really useful to have some guidelines as to what's optional and what isn't. Like what? Well, take meetings, for example. Your guys are always ready to start on time, but some of our people are systematically 10 to 15 minutes late, which is unacceptable. I think this merger could be a chance to really straighten things out. I see what you mean. Maybe we should suggest something to management. What? Staff taking the initiative? They won't like that. (laughs) 
So there it is. That's a paradigm. It is a paradigm from before. Meaning, what happens here is it seems to me that, uh, you know, obviously his management, they're not very open to different ideas and stuff like that. Again, this happens at companies, and to be honest with you, especially American companies, forget about it. Boy, that could be, boy, I, I don't know, not all of America. Again, I'm not speaking about all America, but boy, I know that, oh man, anytime you suggest to anyone, boy, they will blow up on you in, this, in a heartbeat. But um, again, he, uh, no tie. He wasn't wearing a suit this time. He wanted to blend more in with the locals. And if you see the different paradigm of one company and how they always show up systematically 10 to 15 minutes late and how another one was like, oh, you guys are always on time. You see, there's going to be a little bit of an issue. So again, you know, it just reminds me, I think uh, privilege, you know, privilege, that's one of the words that has been thrown around very, very loosely, I could tell you right now over the course of, you know, the last three years, especially in America. But people, and I don't give a damn if you're a CEO, a billionaire, you can, you have no right to show up late, especially 30 minutes late, an hour late. I think that shit, that just goes to show you how disrespectful an individual is. I don't care how busy you are, you're disrespectful. You could do whatever it is. I don't know how tight your schedule it is, you name it. But to be honest with you, them suggesting it and talking to one another, that's fantastic. And then finally, the guy saying, oh, well, can't do really, you know, you know, uh, we have to be done by two, beat the rush hour, this, that. Fantastic. You know, uh, go to a dinner instead at some point, whatever it may be. It's not that serious. At least he took that extra coffee break, you know. And so these are things to consider. These are things to consider, people. And this is what I love so much about working with di uh, different nationalities and stuff like that, because you become more open to society. I know there are Americans who still say and claim third world countries, you know, oh, I'll never go to a third world country. There's no such thing as a third world country. And for you to say that you are above them goes to show you the type of mindset that some people have. And considering what's happening in America right now, huh, that could be very close to a fourth world country. Anyway, so in saying that, you know, I never look down on someone. The moment you say third world country, I think it's very disrespectful. And it, come, and it goes to show you, you know, what type of class, yeah, that's like classism. You are no better than anyone who comes from a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. There's no such thing, right? Even like Thailand. I remember they used to call Thailand a third world country. I said, you really are American, considering that you live in a small town population of 200 people. No disrespect to people who live in small towns like that. But again, that's classism. You cannot say, oh, well, I want to do this. Oh, I don't speak to those people. I don't do this. That's intolerance. That's that's a, a disorder. It's a, a, a ultimately a disease, you know, that could form a lot of cancerous cells. And you believe in that you are better than someone else based on your creed, your religion, your color, your upbringing, whatever it may be. These are things that are very, very, you know, you, you got to be able to acclimate. And again, I'm unbelievably grateful to this day because I haven't had to deal with those types of individuals. I think it only happened one time over the last four years 
uh, this clown named Felix. And oh man, it, it was something ridiculous. He made a comment. It was a teacher that had worked at the um, at the tutorial center I'm uh, working at right now. And I brought it up with one of my close Australian friends, Luke. I said, look, did you? he said, America did this and did that. He said, you people? I said, first and foremost, I got an American passport, but don't ever classify me as you people. You people could also be, you know, uh, like I said, a little separatism. You're saying that me and I am responsible for what is going on in specific countries. That right there, those are fighting words and you just don't want to be around that. So me, I never spoke to that clown ever again. Luckily, he never worked. But it's funny, I was actually having lunch one day and I saw this guy walk over and I'm like, oh God, Arsenio, just keep it cool, calm, collective. And I think I had seen him probably only two more times. Can't remember if it was early this year or last year. Once last year, once like January maybe, can't remember. But with that being said, this is why I am very serious about the people I come in contact with, the conversations that I do have with other individuals. Because, man, there are so many times, whereas I just feel like I don't want to be around specific people with fake interactions and people who say things that are very demeaning and degrading. Although you may have to work with him, but it's, again, going over those, you know, Hey, well, I don't really like that guy, but guess what? Here we go. How am I going to go into the meeting and have to deal with this? Right? Am I going to go into the meeting with an open mind? Am I just going to say, hey, how you doing? Fantastic. Great. Keeping things very, you know, cool, 100 and straight to the point. I've had to do that a number of times. Jesus, like in 2016 and 17, I had to walk by maybe eight out of the 10 teachers in that tutorial center who didn't speak to me because one guy literally tried blackmailing me out of my own job saying, oh, if you don't, if you don't do this, I'm going to show everyone your podcast. My podcast is my podcast. It has nothing to do with you old heads. And if you feel like you fit the description of these old heads, well, that, that's your own goddamn fault. So there are some things that I've had to deal with recently. There are people who I just kept things very straightforward and that was the end of that. So people, with that being said, man, there's so much that we have to learn in regards to the interactions we have with different people, whether it be at work or on, you know, on a, in a, on a routine basis. And so it's always about capturing those moments and asking yourself at the end of the day, how did I do? How did I go about explaining that thing or being able to have that hard and difficult conversation with this person? And again, just like capturing those moments and looking back because that's wisdom, right? And we develop the wisdom in having these situations and being able to adapt to them too. So with that being said, people, stay tuned for more over and out.